Well, hi, listeners. I mean, Russian bots. Uh, before we get going on this full episode, Nick and I just finished recording, and we wanted to pause and answer some of the thoughts and perspectives we had on Facebook, because we didn't get to them in the full episode, which you're about to listen to. But we also appreciate you actually commenting on some of the things we wanted to do. So we're going to see if we can take about five minutes here and answer some of the things. I'll throw them over to Nick, get his response, and I'll uh, tack in anything which I want to. Um, so first, uh, Matthew Offner said, most school shootings occur with illegally purchased weapons on the black market. With illegally or legally? Illegally purchased weapons from the black market. Um, disagree. Biggest one was Parkland and that was, the gun was known. He fucking wrote on YouTube, I'm going to kill people. Uh, like- if you want to know more about that, um, you can find me on Facebook and Matt took the time to go find a link from PolitiFacts to validate some of that okay. information. Okay, well, I'll have to check out the facts. I yep. think I only responded with one. Daniel Schmidt says, it's not a very hot topic. Almost nobody has any opinions at all. Daniel, you're so right. Absolutely. Uh, Spencer, can we delete the episode we just recorded? And just talk about something else like candy canes and unicorns? Yeah, there we go. Yep. Um, Rob says, gun control is using both hands. Snarky Rob. <laughs> Snarky Rob. That's pretty entertaining. Um, Jason says the correlation between broken homes and mass shooters should be a wake-up call for all of us. And he points to an article from Heritage. Mm, sounds like he would enjoy some of my thoughts toward the end of this podcast. Stay yep. tuned. Uh, yep. And Brian Bradford joins in um, and agreeing with that. So if you guys uh, want to learn more about that, listen to our full podcast. Um, Octavio says the truth is what matters. Snarky comment. Ah, uh, got it. Good job, Octavio. Um, uh, Rob comes back and he says, uh, you can regulate any feminine uh, robot. Okay, I don't think this is coherent. Sorry, Rob. No, not coherent. Um, Josh Mills says, the 1994 assault weapon ban was a massive failure, which targeted primarily cosmetic features that had no real impact on the overall murder rate. And when asked for evidence, he said that he doesn't have any with him, but he believes there's a CDC report. There is a CDC report that I am familiar with. It it did nothing. Okay. Um, Matt comes back with a link to a YouTube video mocking the entire gun debate, and I respond back that I wasn't sure that that was quite helpful to the conversation which we were trying to engage in, um, what we yeah. were doing. What the hell, Matt? Yeah, gosh, Matt. Um, Chris says... Um, is 30 guns and 10,000 rounds cool or weird? Asking for a friend. Okay, don't mess with him. I guess not. Um, Daniel says, technology, AR stands for companies uh, with an armor oh, armor light. They came up with a new style. This has no correlation with assault rifles. So it sounds like there's a new type of weapon, which we might want to address if we had read that beforehand. No, no, it's not, it's not a new type of weapon. He's oh. saying that AR doesn't mean assault rifle. When oh. someone says AR-15, it's Got referring it. to All the right, company. So he's kind of like, James Lewis says, it's the Second Amendment right for every citizen, period. And for the record, I don't own a firearm. Interesting. Okay. Phyllis, uh, last of four more comments left. Phyllis says, percentage of women with registered guns. I don't know what that percentage is, but maybe it's interesting percentage. Probably. That you could go look up. Um, Rob comes back again. Rob, go do some more work and stop commenting so much. Uh, <laughs> he says, I love guns. I still want a minimum HRS hours, uh, HRS of necessary, tra- oh, yeah, yeah. hours of necessary training and qualifications before allowing 
being allowed to carry, we need to keep our guns, dot, 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 and our rights, dot, 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 just like our minimalist driver's training and the aloof 16 Royfolds bombing around. I don't know what that's in reference to. We just need to be smarter in how we do it. Yeah, I don't know that I totally disagree with Rob on some of the things he says. Be smarter. Um, Sarah says, Spencer, do you have a link to your podcast I'd like to listen? Well, Sarah, you're the first she would who's ever asked us. Thanks for asking. Um, we'll drop you a link in here. And my brother, the intrepid Micah Field, um, says, little late but important and links to an article by the guys in the corner sitting.tumblr. And he says, ignore the, ignore the original post about gun posts. And his article is, yeah, that's me, bolt carry assembly in my tactical pants. So if you want to read about a bolt carry assembly inside some tactical pants, go listen to uh, Micah's thing. All righty. Yeah, there you go. Well, thanks for commenting um, on our Facebook post, guys. We appreciate that. Uh, Feel free to listen to the rest of the podcast. Nick, any thoughts on uh, what was said on Facebook before we uh, move everybody into the full podcast? No, I'm just really glad that we uh, we got some engagement, and I hope that everyone who commented is going to listen to the podcast. (laughs) Probably not. But uh, yeah, uh, really, really curious to see what you guys think of this. And uh, we'll probably do another Facebook post, I think, to, to try and get some engagement prior to our next um, podcast. Yeah, which goes... is going to be about the meaning of life. So good luck on that one. Oh, boy. All right. Enjoy the podcast, guys. Bye. Welcome to Blacklisted Remarks. My name is Nick Stumphoser. I am Spencer Field. Are you still? I have not changed my name. I have considered it, however. I, I feel like this is episode, what, 15? Uh, something like that. 14, 15, 14, 15. Yep. You, you, I think you have an obligation to change your name cause you've promised it. So I think that was times. a tattoo that we promised. Uh, oh, what was your tattoo? Did we not, did, we, did that go on the record? After no. we hit 15 episodes, we're both getting tattoos. No. Of the blacklist. Remarks, the blacklist to remarks logo. I, I feel like, so I'm a very conservative individual. Uh, if you've been missing out on the last 14 episodes, surprise. Um, like on some things. Yeah. Um, I'm astonished that you would even consider a tattoo. I feel like I, in, in, I have. Yeah, I actually have some planned. Not that really? I'll ever execute on them. Okay. What What's your plan? Oh, that's tattoo? episode sixteen. That's episode sixteen. Yes. The The validity of tattoos. Yeah. Do but they we, exist or not? Are they just figments of your imagination? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, f- I feel like being blacklist, we have to make it more trigger laden than that. Like, should we hate people with tattoos? Yeah, or like, people with tattoos are fundamentally evil. Yeah, there you go. There yeah. you go. Change my mind. Have you been watching? I have seen those, but they're so long that I have yet to find <laughs> totally worth 50 it. minutes to watch that. Totally worth it. it. Sometimes I'll just listen to them. Yeah, I have other things to listen to in my life than people scream. They're, they're becoming a meme. Anyways, welcome to Blacklister Remarks. Today we're talking about the idea of gun control, or what I like to call boomsticks, <laughs> <laughs> and whether or not they are good for our society, what rules we can change about our society, and really just uh, thoughts to provoke you to respond to us in the comment section regarding you know hateful notes and how about how terrible of a persons I we just are. want to reflect on the fact that you call it guns boomsticks. Yeah, that's from a movie somewhere. That I haven't actually seen the movie, but I heard it referenced. Very and I always found it entertaining because it just took this idea of these weapons which kill literally tens of thousands of people on an annual basis and turn them into this almost cartoonish idea. Yeah, I thought it, I mean I thought it was closer to millions, but it could be wrong. Do you want to do you want to be statistics man and get our uh, uh, I won't sign up for full fact checking but i will sign up for some fact checking i actually have I believe, up here i was gonna say i believe the cdc would be the best place to go for like your generalized gun facts in terms of gun deaths yep stuff like that 
but uh, I think we should first define what we're what we're talking about today. For so you made a Facebook post. Yep. We had talked. Uh, did we agree that we were going to do gun control, and then you made the Facebook post? I think so. And then we delayed the podcast by yes, a month. Yes, we did. Awesome. Okay. So uh, do we want to look at the things that people sent us? Do you want to do like maybe a Q and A? Can you thing? keep stalling as you as, as I look this up on Facebook here to, okay. to go find that? Okay. Well, well, I think just if you have, maybe you could start with your idea of what you mean when you say gun control i would i would say it's it's any piece of legislation beyond and including the second amendment in the constitution so the right to keep and bear arms by a well-regulated militia yada 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 um despotism yada 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 and then that versus or that including everything going on now with uh you know the assault rifle ban of 19 whatever it was I believe it was 1990 something, 1992, I think was the assault rifle ban. And then, uh, you know, banning bump stocks, banning scopes, mm-hmm. um, banning uh, machine guns specifically, I think was a really big one. That they, Those have always been illegal or they've been illegal for a very, very long time. So I, I would say those are probably machine guns, machine guns. Many machine guns are still legal. Um, I'm talking about fully automatic machine guns, not, ah. not, not semi-automatic. So I don't think you can currently purchase a fully automatic weapon of any kind. Hmm. I think this just starts out well into the podcast, meaning all of two and a half minutes in that we clearly don't know what we're talking about. And we are have totally unqualified opinions on this. Uh, but that's not going to stop us. No, no, nor has it in the last like postman. We're like postmen. No yes, rain, no shine, no, no sleep, evidence, no hail, no, reason. no evidence, <laughs> no experience. Doesn't will not stop. We should retitle our our podcast the Postman, that's, the intellectual Postman, delivering to you ideas which are mostly junk mail. Truly a fantastic idea. I, uh, copyright Spencer Field, two thousand eighteen. It's on on the record here. You hear here, folks. That's I'm gonna put a stamp in that. All right, so I think let's go ahead and try this flow here. So I'm thinking. We both start with our perspective on what we think um, guns should be used for and are valuable as a whole. So kind of principles and personal perspectives on guns. Then we can then transition that on how we think that's reflected in current legislation here in the U.S. Of course, we'll come up with a list of issues which we disagree on during that time. And then we can address some of the, the comments made in our Facebook post. I think that's a good format. I would. The only thing that I would recommend is that we focus it more on things that are hot button and less on our opinions. So maybe just take the first five minutes to talk about our opinions and then move on to things that we know everyone's really talking about today. Because... What Nick's saying is that he didn't get enough hate mail from the last episode, yes. so he'd like to see that percentage tick up a little Definitely. bit. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so go ahead. Starting with Spencer, yeah, uh, your opinion on guns, their use, their place, all that jazz. Sure. So humans have been on the planet for a while. Since about day one, we started killing each other, and we used stones and sticks and words and pushing people off cliffs. And guns seem to be a relatively common uh, or relatively new invention over the course of mankind to kill other people and other things, as well as, of course, recreational activities for whatever um, that's worth. I think that guns have had a major impact on human existence as a whole. I think that there was a fundamental shift in warfare as as well as um, the way governments and individuals interact with one another when guns came around. Um, I think that 
overall uh, a planet with guns or a planet without guns, I would opt, here comes the hate mail, for a planet with no guns. Nobody has guns. I also think that's totally unrealistic to get to. Um, so I think just to, you know, to save you a little bit of hate mail, what you're sure. saying is not that a government should take all of the guns, rather that you wish for a, a, a planet Earth yes. that has no boomsticks. Yes, if I had a big red button and it said no boomstick time <laughs> and I could push that button and poof, just like that, boomsticks had gone boom, um, I think I would probably push that button. They carry those at Staples. Do they? Yeah. Oh, They don't work, though. Damn. Yeah. You just think it's just batteries? You need new batteries? Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. It's just new batteries. So assuming I could get the right batteries, I would push that button. Interesting. Uh, I think that in the world we live in today – gun that the genie has been let out of the box if you will and that good guys and bad guys have guns and that the best way to stop a bad guy with a gun in in a momentary situation is with a good guy with a gun and maybe even a bigger gun um would be would, wouldn't be a bad idea i don't endorse the idea of violence in general i'm not a full pacifist but i certainly lean that way more than my family does at least um and which isn't saying much and that i think um, that guns should be controlled and that they are a tool which can certainly harm people but are not inherently evil within themselves. It's obviously evil intentions and evil actions which cause the tool to be used incorrectly. In our current legislation, um, I think that there are, are things which could obviously be changed. Many people agree on. First of them would be restrictions for individuals which have mental health issues, um, the ability to purchase guns without having a license, um, especially some concealed weapons and uh, loopholes through gun shows and things like that. I'm not sure that that makes sense um, as much as it does to have common individuals to have access to that. I do think that we do need to allow people to continue to have access to guns. Um, and I, we, I'm sure we can break that down um, in the future. The one last note I will put on the table before I pitch this back over to Nick is looking at the idea of the Second Amendment. One of the major reasons the Second Amendment was put in place was for the defense of the population against the government so that if the government ever got out of control, the individuals, the militias could rise up against the federal government and overthrow it. That was the purpose of having individuals having guns. I don't think, I think we've had such a change in technology and a change in governmental structures that that is no longer a reasonable thing to do. Really? Meaning that the the reason individuals should have guns is not to defend themselves against the government because now that the government has aircraft carriers and bombs and smart bombs and tanks, there's no way that with the current level of armament, which is allowed, uh, we could rise up against the government and have an effective overthrow. So if we believe that is why we need firearms for the protection of ourselves against the government, which is something I hear quite reasonably, we need to uh, break down the rules and I'm going to be driving a tank to the next podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, there's a hell of a lot there. Uh, fortunately, I agree with about 75% of it. Wow. That's got to be a new land speed yeah. agreement record. Yeah, I think so. Um, which I think can help. So pretty much all your descriptions about good guys with guns versus bad guys, that a gun's not inherently evil, so on and so forth. I totally agree with. Um, I, I think that there are legislations in place um, about mental health, things like that. I, I think um, those laws are already there. I uh, also disagree with the gun show loophole. Um, but uh, in terms of, uh, you know, getting a gun without a license, all that, like it's still, 
you know, I have people that I know that have purchased guns. I'm fully aware of what, what's required. You, if you want to legally purchase a gun, it is very difficult to do so. You have to go through a background check. You have to go through training. I don't know that that's, so if you want to go purchase a concealed weapon, like a pistol, yeah. that is true. But I mean, I, you can go to Walmart and buy I was gonna say, a twenty two rifle, yeah, I could but you're not really going to kill someone with a twenty two rifle. Um, I mean, you, you could, you really could, but right. the, the point is, is that like, um, in, in terms, like if you're walking around the street with a 22 rifle, sure. it's pretty obvious versus like having, you know, a nine millimeter in your, in your waistband. Right. But to be fair, when we're talking about licensing and training and a background check, that is not for concealed. That is only for concealed weapons. Yes. That's only for concealed weapons. Uh, I agree. Um, and I, I think, you know, the, the, the riddle is for me, the idea that if somebody is going to do something harmful with a weapon, I don't malicious. Maybe I would say with sure. a weapon, uh, I would bet a large sum of money that they are not the type of individual to go through the requisite legal mm-hmm. processes in order to do said harm. Sure. Um, the other thing that I wanted to comment on was I thought it was really interesting what you were saying. I totally disagree with this idea that the second amendment's, um, purpose of protecting a a society or the the citizens against the government is outdated. I actually think it's very relevant. Um, You know, if there's martial law, so there's 320 million people in the United States. I I believe there are 250 million gun owners in the United States, I believe is the number. Um, If you can check on that, either guns, guns owned or gun owners, one of the two, but there's an extraordinary amount of guns and I would say that we are at least equally matched. Like if, if the United States government sent all of its troops, like all of its troops to all of the cities of the United States, we could easily overpower them as gun owners. Well, I think that if you stuck, if we pulled like revolutionary war style with the U.S. Army lining up on one side of the street and the civilians lining up on the other side of the street and you know, both shot at each other then there it's likely that Americans could do that. But remember the way we rage war now is by using drones to go drop smart bombs and sure. F-16s to come in. And I don't care what kind of pistol you have, you are not bringing down an F-16 with your handgun. So if we get to the point of, of truly government versus people. Yeah. I, I Which, think if you want to make a new movie, I'm just saying, yeah, not a bad, <laughs> well, it's not exactly a new movie. That's kind of been made a bunch of different times. Oh. You know, red Dawn and then another red Dawn. Guess and then, but was that client or citizens versus country or was that invaders? Client versus you got some bones to pick there. I, I got some clients. <laughs> I'm telling you, there are some clients I feel like at war with on occasion. No, no. Uh, I, I think it was invaders, but the, the point is, is that like, um, I think in terms of martial law or the government trying to impose its will without just totally annihilating uh, the citizenry, then we could sure as hell put up a fight. Um, and, and I know, I mean, you have, I believe the Fourth Amendment is is we give no quarter to soldiers during time of war that they can't just show up at our house. Um, you know, there's plenty of laws like I think we're talking about a, a much bigger sure, problem, like, like a destruction of things. But I do sure. think that like. We could put up a damn good fight with 250 million rifles and pistols and so shotguns. Just to bring people. that up, so yeah, only um, 
something less than 29% of Americans own guns. It's between 22 and 29% as reported by a self-reporting poll in 2013. However, there are between 270 and 310 million firearms owned by citizens in the U.S. So that what it tells what that tells us is that there are a few people, less than 25% of the population, which own a lot of guns or multiple guns. If you've ever met a gun owner, half of them are like, yeah, I own guns and I shoot them every day. And then there's, which is, you know, a great characterization, but I'm allowed to do that Mm -hmm. because I'm white. Uh, But then there's the other half who are like, Oh no, I've never shot a gun. And actually they can kill you from 300 yards with like a nine millimeter pistol. So I think half the people who own guns, they won't tell you because they're not the type of people that they own a gun because they want to defend themselves and their family. And they're not there to brag and wave their boomstick around and try and pick a fight. Yep. Um, But then there's the other type of people who, uh, you know, wear the second amendment t-shirts and the NRA hats and are, are, are looking to, to, to start a fight. Right. Or according to this courts poll, um, one of their headlines is 3% of Americans own half the guns in the nation. Wow. Okay. That could also just explain it. Yeah. So I would, I would venture to say, and this could be a podcast in and of itself. So let's not get stuck in this, this pothole too much longer sure. that when I look at this and we can have just fundamentally different perspectives on this. Sure. We could certain if the citizenry rose up against the federal government and the state governments and all those things, sure. There would be deaths on both sides. But mm-hmm. I think if you got to the end of the day, you fast forward it to the end of the movie it's the federal government who's going to win this hands down. There's probably going to be lots of blood on the street from both sides, but there's just such a technical gap between the two of them that there's no way we're sinking the, um, the aircraft carriers and there's no way we're sinking the nuclear submarines. And there's no way that we're going to bring down the aircraft and there's no way we're going to break onto a a government secured base. Like you're not going to be able to do that. I agree. I I just think it's, it's rather far-fetched to think that there would be a scenario in which the 500 people that make up the U S government would want to, uh, or, or actually attempt to control the other 350 million. Well, I think they already do, but well, uh, they definitely yeah, do, do. But, yeah. it, but in a very physically tyrannical sure. way. And so the reason I bring this up is I agree that it's very far fetched, but I think that is at least one of the reasons the founders included the second. Amendment. Yeah. And, and it was definitely far more relevant back then when yeah. that had been happening and when they, they quite literally would have militias right. versus King Henry's troops yep. fighting at Lexington Concord, like this happened. So they wrote it down. Like it's a very reasonable thing. Um, Anything you else you want to put on the table before we dive into some more hate mail inducing commentary? No, I'm ready to dive into the hate mail. Okay. I am uh, pulling up a list of, I literally Googled hot button gun issues in us and we'll see what comes up. Oh. I don't even think that's necessary, but I'm curious what Google has. to Okay. Say. Well, we actually had a thoughtful paper written by a professor, which was the number one ranked issue. All right. That's, I, that's very, um, very nice. Uh, see here. This is uh, U.S. News on gun control tags. We say uh, gun shots detected, detection technology coming soon to Wisconsin schools. That's handy. Kids speak up after school shooting. That could be an interesting item. Uh, licensing laws linked to fewer homicides. Hmm, what's going on there? Final two is um, – violence, grief, and pushing for change on Chicago's west side. Chicago's had some interesting gun laws. And uh, finally, can your landlord ban guns in your home? All right. So Nick, who spends much more time listening to domestic news than I do, um, or at least is more aware of it, would you like to start us off 
Yeah. So I think, um, and this is going to be calloused, but though it is actually the thing with the least amount of casualties, it's the, uh, it's the subject that has the most grip on America, um, at any given time. And that is quote unquote mass shootings specifically in schools ever since Columbine and Sandy Hook. Uh, there have been that this has been the topic of conversation, um, which I think is extraordinary because the tens of thousands of homicides that occur every year and accidental homicides, you know, a three year old pulling a trigger on his mom or, mm-hmm. you know, Chicago and Detroit just absolutely lighting each other up. By the way, Detroit became the most violent city again. We beat Chicago. Go Detroit. Yeah. Yay. Um by the way, I found out that the correct, correct pronunciation is Detroit. The, oh. the D is underlined and bolded, at oh. least from what I'm told who, who from actual. Um, a Detroiters? Couple, uh, a couple of yep, Am- Detroiters I met on the Amtrak train to Chicago, ironically enough. Interesting. Yeah, yeah so uh, so I, I think we should address school shootings because it's the most hot button, not mm-hmm. because um, the thousands of people killed in Chicago by guns every year is not an issue. Um, I also think like, I think it's interesting that the whole idea of like, um, you know, Freddie Gray and Michael Brown and, and, and police shooting um, citizens, that's a very different topic. And, and I think we've kind of talked about it before in our racial profiling episode. So for those of you who are, uh, or who are interested in, in us triggering you in that way, we will direct you to that episode about racial profiling. I want to say it's 13, but no, it might be eight. Who I knows? have no idea, but um, it's in the past. It's in the past, which doesn't exist. But all right, so school shootings. Most recently, we've had Parkland, but I think there was actually one more in Santa Fe afterward. If you want, do you want to Wikipedia some school shootings for me? Uh, yep, I currently have the list up. I'm reading this interesting article by Cato, um, but let's see if we can get a a list of. I believe school it went from Stoneman Douglas in Parkland, Florida, to one in Santa Fe because I, I follow the Hog Twins on Twitter, much to my chagrin, and they were tweeting out. Um, compassionate and sympathetic tweets to people in Santa Fe. Our 2015 to present. Let's scroll down here to our 2018. Um, so we had on May 25th, we had one in Indiana. Uh, okay. And which school is that? Um, I think no, uh, Noblesville West Middle School shooting. Two people were shot and injured. And that was after Parkland. That was May 25th. Um, let me... Yeah, Parkland was a little while ago. Yeah, Park... That's interesting. Uh, well, we had Parkland, Washington in 2001, and then we had Parkland, Florida on February 14th, 2018. All right, so this that was two months after that is when we had yeah. uh, the one in Indiana. And so I think it's interesting that... So we had one um, in Florida in February, February of 18, but since then we've had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10... 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, set 18, 19 more school shootings since then, none of which except one in Santa Fe resulted in more than one death. So the rest have just been injuries? Uh, no, there's been deaths in them, but most of them are injuries. Oh, it looks like this one in um, Maryland had two, two deaths. It's extraordinary that you have not heard a peep out of any news outlet. Uh, Parkland, uh, it's like there's a threshold for the news where it's like one person dies, eh, maybe maybe we'll give it a 60-second spot. Yep. There was one in Michigan. Uh, was it 
was it Central Michigan University? Yep. Yeah, that was uh, that was a shooting on campus. It was not a school shooting. Ah, it was it was two people who were in disagreement who shot at yeah, each other. Yeah, it was a student who's, who killed shot and killed his mother and father when they came to campus to take him home for spring break. Are you kidding me? According to Wikipedia, holy shit! Central Michigan shooting. 19-year-old student James Eric Davison Jr. shot and killed his mother and father when they came to campus to pick him up, um, pick to take him home for spring break. After the shooting, Javis Davis fled the campus and was placed in lockdown. Around 15 hours later, police arrested him and took him to the local hospital. The incident disputed the travel plans of the student and the campus activities for several days or disrupted the travel plans and campus activities for several days. Davis was charged with two counts of murder and one count of unlawful possession of firearms used to commit murder. Wow. So much there. First of all, almost humorous how absolutely absurd that scenario is if it weren't actually tragic. Um, but I think uh, an interesting thing that's relevant to this podcast at the moment is unlawful possession of a firearm. Yes. I think that's a really important thing to note. And I think um, if we look at uh, all of the gun deaths that people go up in arms over, pun intended, um, Parkland, uh, lawful gun ownership, actually, I believe. Um, yeah, Nicholas Cruz owned the AR-15 and the, the, the parents... Um, that they weren't his birth parents, his birth parents had passed away, but his, his surrogate parents, um, were fully aware that he had an AR-15, um, and, and, uh, I think he had a handgun as well. Um, but they told him that he needed a gun safe and his surrogate father, not surrogate, that's the wrong word, foster father, um, believed he was the only one that had, uh, the safe code. Um, so, uh, I think it's, it's interesting that if you legally own a gun, you can do harm. And if you illegally own a gun, you can do harm. And that laws really aren't going to change. Um, and this is something I'd like to propose to you. Have you ever heard of GTA? That's mm, a, a video game. It is a video game. Grand Theft Auto. Yes. See, I'm relevant. I'm culturally <laughs> relevant. I'm a cool kid. So in, in Grand Theft Auto, I've never played. Uh, I was very sheltered. T-rated games were not allowed in my house. Uh, when I was growing up, it was E only. E for everyone. We didn't have a gaming system until I was in my late teenage years in our household. Ooh, are we yeah. going to go toe-to-toe on how bad our childhoods were? Uh, well, this isn't bad. I don't know <laughs> that my childhood was bad because I couldn't play video games. But if we want to go on no, like amount of sheltered, I'm pretty sure I can win this game. You probably will. Um, but uh, that, was a, that was an M-rated game where essentially you could um, kill, rape, and steal uh, anyone and anyone that you wanted to at any given point. And uh, you were you were rewarded with money, and I think it's interesting that number of school shootings after 2000 versus number of school shootings before 2000 are dramatically different. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to I believe it was the sheriff of Parkland, Florida, who was saying this after the Parkland shooting. He said he's an older gentleman; he's probably about 65. Uh, he said, you know, when I was growing up, um, everybody drove to our high school, had a rifle in the back of our car. We had a shotgun or a rifle in the back of our truck. And we had that because when we were driving home, we would go hunting. You know, you see a wild turkey, you shoot it, you bring it home. And there's no school shootings. People weren't taking these rifles into classrooms and shooting each other. And for some reason, this is happening now. And I propose this to you, and I'm curious what your thoughts are, that it's not a question of 
who has guns and what the gun laws are, I would propose that it's society and that the two main factors that changed in society are how parents are disciplining kids and the content that we are consuming, that the young kids are consuming. I would say that it's not an either or, it's certainly an and um, between the two of them. Oh, did I not say and? I, if you did, I didn't hear it. Um, very possibly could have. So I would say that our society has certainly moved um, away from individuals having actual, like, I think this is even true. We were talking before the podcast about our diet. So Nick currently is a full-on carnivore. I think there's actually blood dripping from his teeth from the <laughs> breakfast he had this morning. I didn't eat breakfast, remember? Oh, yeah. It's just from dinner. That's true, from last night. Yeah. Spencer, however, is a bad vegan, meaning he eats fish on occasion. Um, and when we look at the way people interact with their food system, most people have never butchered an animal in their life. They've never seen an animal butchered, and they would be terrified and unwilling to do that. Um, and we've had this disconnect between actual experience with butchery and eating meats, and there's been this disconnect between the two of them. I think that is true for gun violence as well um, and seeing people hurt. So we have people who have never engaged in war, never been in a war situation, and they think war is cool, and they think well, war yeah, is fun. Well, yeah, because you've got – Call of Duty, and yeah. you've got you know GTA, and you've got all these movies that are glorifying. Yeah. Fortnite, it. I think, is one of the newer versions that I've been hearing. Yeah, about recently. I don't. It's not. It's that's cartoony war, okay. but it's similar. Like you got Halo, where it's like sure. you're shooting people. It's a plasma ball. It's not a bullet. Yeah. Moral of the story is that we're running around killing and maiming people yeah. on a regular basis, and there's it's it's a total disconnect from what killing and maiming people actually looks like. And the ramifications of that. And the same people who spend hours a day butchering all sorts of ones and zeros on a regular basis and all of its gory glory would not be willing to cut the throat of the chicken, which they're having for their chicken nuggets. That I night. disagree. I think that I know of many people who say I would be willing to do that. But when I've given the ax to somebody to chop off the head of the chicken, they've chickened out. So uh, you've actually given an ax to people to chop off the head of a chicken yeah you have chickens we do you... yeah oh wow okay we do yeah. um so i disagree and here's why and this is this is purely anecdotal but i can see if i can extrapolate it out um now nicholas cruzen is was an extremely is he's still alive extremely troubled youth um but he would dismember frogs and small animals sure um and now, now granted, I, I think he had a lot of other mental health problems that were going on, but I think that, let me, let me draw a line horizontally and talk about this. So when it, I think it was in 2012, uh, in Steubenville, Ohio, um, at a party, this is viewer discretion advised, I guess is pretty graphic. I was horrified to hear about this at a party in Steubenville, Ohio, uh, two football players publicly at a party, publicly raped a, a girl um, in front of the entire party and no one stopped them. Which I think is something just like pause and underline what that says about our society. Yeah, no, de definitely. Like if that doesn't make you not like, I, I, I feel nauseous talking about this sure. and I'm not even giving all the details because it's, it's truly disgusting. There was one person in the crowd who said, hey, man, maybe you should wait till she's awake. One person. Everyone else was taking photos of it. And, the, and, the, and the, the two football players actually took photos of themselves doing it, posted it on Twitter. They uh, barely got a sentence for, from it. Like, we can talk about rape culture later, yada, yada, sure. yada. But I was thinking about that. And, and I thought when I heard this story, I heard it later. I think I heard it around 2016, 2017. I thought to myself – what would possess not only the two football players 
to engage in such activity. But literally a hundred other people to do nothing. Sure. And the only answer that that was logical to me, besides obvious mob mentality and, and, and whatnot. Which I think is probably is very the biggest big, factor here. Is pornography. Very possibly. I think if you want to normalize atrocious behavior, have, this is a true statistic, 98% of males above the age of really? 12. Really? 98% of males above the age of 12. 86% of females, I believe it's above the age of 16. If you want to normalize that type of behavior, have the majority of your population watch it. And so I think you can draw a parallel between that and, and this this gun violence. Well, you today. can definitely draw a correlation. I think it's going to be really hard to draw a causation. I don't think that I would say there's a causation. I think there's just a general permissibility there. And, and, and then the other thing that I would that I would bring up that I think we should talk about is what happens in the aftermath of a school shooting. What what does the person who who did the act, if they're still alive, or even if they're dead, what do they know is going to happen? What actually happens to them? I, I watched the videos, the cell phone videos of Nicholas Cruz the day before, uh, a couple of days before and the day before the Parkland shooting. Uh, he took um, two videos pointing at his feet and one video pointing at his face. The third video of him pointing at his face, he, he said exactly what he was going to do. He was going to use his AR-15 and a couple of tracer rounds to kill his goal was 20 people. He got 17. He said, I'm going to be the next school shooter of 2018 and everyone's going to know my name and everyone who insulted me in the past is going to get, get their, you know, comeuppance or whatever. And, uh, and what happened? He became infinite, infamous and there's a fame in that, whether or not like it's people love you, everyone knows your name and, sure. and there's a thrill in that. And we've done that. There, I mean, if you look at TED Talks, there'll be, you know, my sons were the Columbine shooters. There's, mm -hmm. I've seen that one. There, there's, you know, or there's another TED Talks that I almost watched the other day that I almost became a school shooter. You know, there's like this sick, twisted excitement and like cultural phenomena that's like people are interested about these school shooters. So if there is, if there is an unnoticed, belittled, bullied, undisciplined uh gta playing porn watching 17 year old it's totally logical to me why school shootings happened why they continue to happen and why there's going to be another one in two weeks from now or a month from now and everyone's going to go up in arms and there's going to be a discussion about gun debates you know gun laws and i think it's fascinating that we we keep trying to change gun legislation and we have only seen an increase in deaths at schools. So it sounds like one of the ideas you're bringing to the table is something which many other people have brought to the table as well, especially the conservative right wing saying it's not guns that are the problem. It's all these cultural underlayments, which are the problem and changing gun laws won't have a massive effect on mass shootings. Look, unless you're going to be Australia where they ban all gun, like they, they genuinely remove all guns, which it's not going to happen. And there is some debates on, on the efficacy of that in, in Australia and whatnot. Um, why don't we just take some personal responsibility? You know, I'm not sure that we can though. I think we can take some responsibility, 
But when it comes to these situations where you have literally hundreds of thousands of students in school, probably millions of students millions, in school, yeah. yeah, the likelihood that we can take responsibility for all of them and, and help reduce this this issue is pretty low. And, and I think that our culture does that is we want the quick solution, the fast fix, and changing gun laws is the quickest way. Well, that it's also to do that. the least autonomous way. It's here, government, fix it for me. Right, daddy. They, they they hurt my feelings. Please fix this. You know, big brother, protect me. I would I would give a challenge to parents and say, you know, you know, in the case of Nicholas Cruz, which sure. is just the most you know relevant example, you know, his mom died, I think that year, his mom died the year that he, which I think was 2017, which is when Parkland happened. I could be wrong. Um, his mom died that year. I don't know where his dad is. I don't know if he died when he was younger, if he just wasn't in the picture, but he didn't have a dad. You know, he had foster parents. He was um, just riddled with different um, uh, mental illnesses. Uh, I, I think he was, he was definitely in the autistic spectrum. He had some personality uh, disorders. He was on a litany of medications and uh, in an interview with his foster parents, they, they, they were like, we had no idea. We had no idea. And, and I think it comes down to uh, Peterson has a rule in his book, whether or not you agree with all of Peterson's views. I think this is a very appropriate rule. He said, don't let your kids do anything that makes you dislike them. And he starts to talk about how when you're raising your kid, if you know your, your baby's hitting you in the face and you just let it keep hitting you in the face because you don't have the balls to tell your kid, hey, don't do that. They're going to learn that they can push you further and further and further. And, and, and that, that starts to spread into many different areas. If, if you can't tell your kid no, if you cannot discipline your child in any in any way, they begin to see that the boundaries don't exist and they get to, they get to push that. And there's some boundaries that I don't think should be pushed. And, and, and I think some most of the time in today's world, parents are more concerned with being their kid's friend than they are with trying to form a productive, healthy educated member of society. And that's really what the job of the parent is to set up their kid for success in this world, to keep them healthy and not necessarily safe, but able to deal with the unsafety of the world. And I think today, all it's about is kid wants to play video game, kid plays video game, kid wants candy, kid gets candy. Totally oversimplification, but you, you kind of understand yeah. what I'm saying. First of all, and then second of all, uh, and then I want to pass this back to you, is uh, if you read what the Columbine shooters said, they, they wrote wh why they did what they were going to do. Nicholas Cruz said what he was going to do before he did it and why. Nicholas Cruz is far less articulate than the Columbine shooters, but Columbine shooters talk about a rage against existence itself that this life is so meaningless and unfair and pointless and tragic and we are not worthy to live it and no one else is worthy to live it and that if you've pissed me off in your past i'm going to kill you today and, and they describe all these things and, and they they say that it's a rage against the creator itself to not only kill ourselves but to kill as many people as we can before that happens preferably the innocent which is why they, they went to an elementary school um, and Sandy Hook, um, I think is a much school in Columbine, I believe it was a college, um, is to kill the innocent. 
So I think you've got two things going on here. And, and the common thread between the two is personal responsibility. And I think that comes down to the parents starting when, when they're very, very young to teach personal responsibility and, and, and discipline. But uh, what, do you, what do you think about it? <laughs> no, so Spencer, here's this idea, which probably deeply addresses this. Let's skip the hot top button issues, which Nick brings up and goes right to personal responsibility. What is this? Nick, I'm a millennial. I am not allowed to comment on personal responsibility due to my age. I don't think. Are you a millennial? I am. Just barely. Am I a millennial? When were you born? 98. Depends on who you listen to. Okay. Um, okay. So I agree. I don't agree with Peterson. Um, shocker. I know I have, I have an ongoing disagreement with much of what he says. What a contrarian. I know. What can I say? Uh, what, talking about Peterson and contrarian is an interesting idea. <laughs> um, and I think that I agree with a lot of what you're saying in that the reason that school shootings happen is due to an individual not knowing how to live a good life. And I think that some of that has to do with parents. I think some of that has to do with society as a whole. Um, I think that there are a lot of people who can be blamed in this situation um, that, that we've brought, brought up. Um, I don't know that the solution to it is personal responsibility. I might say it's one step deeper and that when we look at shoot murders in general, when we look at shoot mass shootings, especially as a whole, first, these people are usually have some sort of mental abnormality in some stance or another. They may not be full on psychotic, but there's definitely some sort of um, diagnosable mental disorder involved most of the time. And oftentimes I think these people are suffering from a lack of hope in their lives and a lack of cultural significance. I was recently listening to um, a presentation. Uh, it was a, I think I may have sent it to you on Messenger, um, a, a study regarding the potential evolutionary advantages of living in a society um, which did have religion in it. And talking about how religion or this idea to a bigger idea, something outside of ourselves, gives us context, gives us perspectives, and allows us to work with the world around us. Oh, yeah, hidden brain, Shankar Vedantam. See, that's where you would agree with Peterson. I think if you read 12 Rules, you would definitely agree with him. Because, I haven't read 12 Rules yet, so yeah. no comment. He, he talks about this metaphysical construct that essentially fights nihilism. Yes, and I would agree with him. I, at least I agree with that statement. Yeah. And so when I look at the issue of what's causing... Um, so first idea, mass shootings haven't increased in number over the last several years. They've increased in number of deaths, depending on how you look at the numbers. Mother Jones, which is the, obviously the furthest left leaning news source that I can think of, um, published an article on it. And then Cato wrote a response and Mother Jones came up with like 816 deaths and Cato came up with like 23. So wow, I've yeah. literally not, never heard of either of those. Oh, really? Oh, Cato is a, as a right-leaning think tank, um, well-funded. I like reading their reports. Mother Jones is this very large, left, like hyper-left-leaning news source. They would they would self-identify as left-leaning. Wow, I've never heard of them. That's no. extraordinary because usually it's like Huffington Post or Vox or something that you would be like, oh, that's left. Yeah, well, you can go read the Mother Jones article. It's kind of interesting. Um, and then the Cato is a response. But the, the interesting point, part about both of those um, is that you're coming to these massively differing conclusions. But I think that this like existential nihilism, which is becoming more and more pervasive in our culture, not well understood 
um, by most individuals, but knowing maybe not even on an intellectual level, but on a subconscious level that life is meaningless and not being able to come with terms to that. And I would say not even being able to express that verbally or have some concrete thoughts around that, but just having this sense um, that it's meaningless and that there isn't hope and that it's not worth living and that, you know, it's about me, it's me focused. Yeah, I definitely think it would be a mistake to make philosophers out of school shooters. Yeah, and I would say that that is a major contributing factor um, to the end of the day, which leads to a lack of personal responsibility. But that lack of some like boundaries on nihilism caused by some metaphysical, you know, calling upon some metaphysical goodness um, is oftentimes what helps lead to this problem that we're experiencing. And that is embodied first in lack of personal responsibility and then embodies itself in selfishness and then moves towards some of these more aggressive stances. So I would actually, I would, I would just invert your order there. I would say that the it's personal responsibility doesn't come second. I think it comes first. And I think the sovereignty of the individual personal responsibility, the idea of finding the heaviest thing that you can and bearing it and living your life like that. I think that is the metaphysical thing you're looking for. Why am I going to be personal responsibility? personally responsible if I don't think I have an epistemic duty to do so. Because I think there's, if you understand that life is suffering. Okay. So Fyodor Dostoevsky, um, I believe he killed himself, um, had a, a pretty horrifying breakdown of, of nihilism. He, you know, he called life a, a, a cruel joke that this is a, a cruel joke. And anyone who realizes this, and doesn't kill themselves is just a coward. And that, and Peterson actually followed that up and said, he wasn't severe enough. He said, not only if you believe that, would you end your life, but you would take as many people with you as you can. Not only to spite the creator, quote unquote, the existence itself, yeah. but because you're doing the right thing by, by pulling other people out of this cruel joke. Um, and that if you do so, you're the you're the one that actually has the courage. Yeah, I don't know that, that makes a lot of sense because if you're making a claim to you're doing the right thing by pulling people out of this cruel joke, then you're making some claim to some higher moral standard. And if you're a true nihilist, then you're not going to make a claim to a higher moral standard. So you can't say that this is actually the good thing mm. to do. I think it's a rabbit hole about nihilism and morality Fair. that we can get into. But um, I think the... The response to that nihilism, and I guess I got to finish Peterson's book yet because he's kind of getting there, is the idea of personal responsibility. I don't know that I have a solution to the question of why fight nihilism. Like, if it's true, why why fight it? I think for me personally, like, you know, why I'm not a school shooter, there's, there's a litany of reasons. But even if I were in that place... Um, I think I would be able to find immediate things that I value more than the overarching thing. Uh, so, um, even if, you know, I was bullied and, um, you know, isolated and I've been, you know, watching or playing GTA for hours on end, or, you know, all these different things that we've been talking about, I have no personal responsibility. My parents are dead. Um, nobody notices me X, Y, and Z. I think that I would, I would hope that there was some immediate things that I value, like my freedom, you know, or like my life 
or whatever. But I, I don't know. Like the more I talk, the more I realize it's like I kind of I kind of get it. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but it's like th- there is a and God. I hope nobody pretends that this is a validation of school shooters, but it's like if you truly allow yourself to think about it, they're not being totally unreasonable in their own eyes. No. They're being logically consistent. I think that's true for almost everything that everybody ever does is they believe they're being reasonable. And and if I believed all of the same things or had all the same life experiences, hell, you never know. You never know what could happen. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that I think that I agree with um, your your assessment of the situation saying that this is often caused not by their acts, somebody's ability to access a gun, but rather this is caused by this deeper fundamental fabric of our structure and our personal perspectives and how these people see the world. And the gun is the means to an end. And if you remove the gun, then it will be something else. Now removing guns may reduce the amount of people hurt potentially. I Um, mean, I don't know. Bombs can do a lot for trucks can do a lot. Like, this is the word potentially we're not going to get stuck on, yeah. on that particular item, but at the foundation that these people may still hold these perspectives and may still hold um, this disagreement and changing gun laws isn't going to solve the underlying problem. It's just going to change the expression um, of people out there. I do think I fundamentally disagree with you on the idea of res- personal responsibility, then epistemic duty or epistemic duty, then personal responsibility. Well, I think, but I, I don't think we can. We have to answer that question now. Well, I think I can sort of wrap up how I feel in, in a in a shorter way, and maybe this can be a good segue into the, into another episode. But I don't think it's the responsibility of a of a fifteen year old to figure out their epistemic responsibilities and combat nihilism. I think it's the responsibility of a parent who obviously doesn't believe in nihilism enough to have gotten an abortion and killed themselves. Uh, that they, it's their job to teach their child personal responsibility. And I think by doing so, by raising them to be disciplined and to take on personal responsibility and to say the problems in the world can be fixed if I fix myself first. Uh, I think if they, if a parent instills those three things in their ki- in their kids, I, I would bet my life that that kid will not become a school shooter. And I would say that if a parent tells a child, teaches them to be personally responsible without telling them why they should be personally responsible that will last until the individual flexes their muscle of individuality and then that that claim to be responsible will snap like so much frozen roses um and that when we look at things which endure over time like i think this is even true i'm speaking more out of personal perspective than um claiming to have some sort of scientific knowledge that the things which endure over time through hardship through change um, and through the expression of the individual is the foundational why we do this, not just the instruction to be responsible because there were many things my parents instruct. Well, maybe not many. There have been several things which my parents instructed me to do. And the ones which have stuck around were the ones which had a why behind them. Very interesting. I think that's that right there is a podcast in of itself. Just this idea of why do anything, you know, why take personal responsibility? Why? And I think the only response to that that I would have is uh, something that Peterson said again, um, which is life is pain. 
and tragedy, you know, uh, uh, a tsunami that kills your family. That's a tragedy. Poverty that you grew up in. That's a tragedy. The fact that you were raped when you were young, that's a tragedy, but you can make it hell. You can always make it worse. Us as humans can always find a way to make it a hundred times worse in plenty of different ways. But the only way to keep it just a tragedy is to do things like take personal responsibility, is to do things like figure out the least damaging response to your tragedy and do that thing. And so I think that that would be my only response to this whole question of nihilism is, yeah, it's a cruel joke. This is a tragedy. But do you really want to make it hell? Well, tune in next time for Blacklisted Remarks, where Nick and I argue about whether or not we should or shouldn't make our lives hell. I'm one of your hosts, Spencer Field. I'm Nick Stumphauser. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time.